Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Track. At Track, our aim is to shine a light on the UK running club scene. This week on Track, we have a roundup from the last couple of weeks of racing in the UK, including the GB Olympic 10,000 metre trials, the latest BMC meets, and some big performances from a range of competitions across the UK and the world, including the FBK Games, Doha Diamond League, Portland Track Festival, and more. We discuss a world record in the women's 10,000 metres, and we also have an interview with Cardiff AC and Sub-14 Minute 5K man, James Hunt. As always, I'm joined by Kat Hutchison and George Beardmore. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you, George. George, we're starting the episode again by you telling us about another PB you've run. So um, talk us through it. You ran a 5,000 metres at the BMC in Sports City a week or so ago. Yeah, so... Yeah, so three weeks before I'd run 14.41, I think. Um, another BMC and then, uh, yeah, a couple of weekends here at Sports City ran, yeah, 14.31, so 10-second PB. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just went kind of exactly how I wanted the race to go, really, just because in in the first 5K, I had to do quite a lot of work at the front. I uh, spent too long in lane two, whereas, yeah, in this one, just kind of on the curb the entire time, tucked in the entire time and just didn't really have to think about it. Just had to hang on for as long as possible. Probably a little bit too quick, but the pacemaker was running like 68s, which is I think about 14.25 pace maybe or somewhere around there. So I think we went through 3K and around that sort of pace, maybe a little bit slower. And then 4K was a bit slower, picked it up again and the 5K was pretty well. Was desperate to get under fourteen thirty. Not really that it's a it's not a big milestone, but that was sort of the target going into the season. But I think definitely do that at some point later this season, hopefully. But yeah, just the race went pretty much as planned, and yeah, just yeah, it was a, a really good event as well. I I really enjoy racing at Sports City. It's obviously next to the Etihad Stadium, which is, makes it quite like a a cool campus um, sort of thing to to be at, and they've. And they've resurfaced the track last summer, so it's now blue. And that just, yeah, it just looks like a really cool track. So, yeah, just good evening, all, all things considered. Very good. So, 14.31, you said. Yeah. Um, any frustration that it wasn't a 14.29 on just a, a second or two the other side of it? Yeah, like classic runner. You run a big PB and you're still not happy about it. But, I mean, I think at the aim going into the season, really was to run under 14.30 or to run 14.30 and mainly because I want to try and break 30 minutes in the 10k which I I think is still ambitious but I I thought like going into the season if you can run 14.30 you've got a chance at least if you have the perfect day in a 10k so I think yeah 14.31 I've sort of ticked that box there's not a lot of difference like a second Um, so yeah hopefully later in the season I can run under 14.30 but yeah, for now, that was kind of more more than what I was hoping for. Perfect. And the 10,000 metres you have lined up next is the meet at Leeds, which is shaping up to be quite a stacked event. Yeah, I think I've been told that I'm in the, I'm in the A race and I think there's going to be about 30 people. All of, all of everyone in there will be trying to run under 30 minutes. So it sounds like it's going to be pretty quick. Um, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like 
good opportunity to do it. I think it's at 9 p.m. So if it's kind of a warm day, it shouldn't be a problem at that sort of time. So, yeah, yeah, two weeks on Thursday. So kind of 16 days away now. So, yeah, just a week and a half more of hard training. And then, yeah, see, give it a go. Yeah, so this week's interviewee, James Hunt, will be there, he told us. Um, you said Johnny Mello may be there and some other big names have suggested that they should be there. So 30 people in the A race, the front guys will be hopefully going for 28 something, you'd guess, would you? Yeah, I think they said kind of the range of predicted times was like 28, 20 to 30 minutes. So, I mean, I think it might be quite busy, but I'm sure people will drop out. They all, yeah, that's always kind of, yeah, I doubt 30 people will make, be on the start line, but I think in a 10K, it, it should spread itself out pretty quickly, but it shouldn't be too much of a problem. I think uh, before your 5K, there was that uh, Instagram post from the Inside Jogging podcast about the you were taking on Josh Lunn in that 5K. I think um, I think all of them might be at that 10K. Um, okay. so, and so Josh has another chance if he wants to have a little rematch there another yeah. battle of the podcasts <laughs> yeah i didn't realize they'd all be there so yeah i mean they're all obviously very good runners themselves sort of thought kind of sub 30 so yeah it should be a, a good race yeah we'll try not to sabotage your race by putting all that pressure on you beforehand <laughs> yeah george, george will take them all down i reckon <laughs> great stuff well well done george congratulations on another pb um Hopefully we'll talk about more PBs from you later in the in the season as well. Um, how's your running going, Kat? Uh, yeah, not kind of the opposite to George's, I think. Is, um, <laughs> so I had that, that 5K series and I managed to just put in one good race at the start just as I was starting to not, not do so well at uh, nailing my running um, just due to work stress, really. It's just been ridiculous. So um, it's just gone down and down and that's how the results went over the series so I hit that big sub 20 in the first race and then a 2015 and then at this last one I I didn't even I just turned up for turning up I did 2050 something and it was just just get round it I went mm. over with coach John and he said if I didn't finish in 20 minutes he was gonna drive home without me <laughs> but I told him I'm just jogging around <laughs> Anything else in the cards coming up? Was it just training now for the foreseeable? Uh, I've got I've got a Vets League um, eight hundred meters on uh, the twenty third of June, so that that will be fun just to try the eight hundred again. It's been it's been a long time since I've done one, so mm. quite looking forward to that. And then I've got the Senior League on the twentieth of June, so that's in a pretty soon, and they pretty much. They haven't got anyone to run any distance, so I, I can choose in that one, um, <laughs> the 3K, the 15 or the 8. Um, so, yeah, I'll have a think about that and see. It'll be fun to get back to some faster track stuff and see see how I'm going. But, yeah, I need to actually do some running to get the results, really. They'll have you doing the pole vote on the triple jump as well, won't they? Yeah, yeah, usually. <laughs> I always like to and the hurdles I quite often get thrown into the 100 meter hurdles which is when you don't want to mess up and the straight in front of everyone yeah well uh from my perspective I've got a race coming up so we're recording on the Tuesday 
got a race tomorrow on Wednesday evening at Birmingham Uni. So at the same track that we'll be talking about in a second um, as the 10,000 metre trials took place in. So it'd be cool to be there after having watched it on the live stream the other night um, and hoping to go a little bit quicker over 3,000 metres than I did at Milton Keynes a few weeks ago. Um, not 0.06, 0.06 quicker would be perfect yeah so um, <laughs> that's all from from my end really um should we jump into the olympic trials guys because i think that's probably the biggest story that we're going to cover this evening i know we all sat down to watch it so this is the gb olympic 10,000 meter trials which took place on saturday the 5th of june as i said at the university of birmingham athletics track um, it was live streamed through british athletics as well which we'll talk about the coverage in a second for those of you listening, I'm sure you all know by now um, that Ailish McColgan and Mark Scott took the wins in the women's and men's race respectively in terms of the British perspective and in doing so booked their spot at the Tokyo Olympics as did Jessica Judd, who was the second British female ac across the line and also secured the, the qualifying time at the same time. Um, so in the women's A race, um, the Olympic qualifying time of 31.25 was what was needed. Um, and to be honest, that sort of front pack of British women uh, looked like it might have slipped away from them at one point or for quite a lot of the race towards the end. So Adish McColgan, Jessica Judd, Verity Ockenden, who we've spoken to here, and Amy Louise Markov um, were all in that front pack. It started to break up a little bit. I think Amy Louise Markov was the first one to fall off. Verity Ockenden then took up some of the work um, and then she dropped off, um, but did finish fourth overall. Um, but Ailish McColgan won the race, Jessica Judd came third in the race, but as I said, both of those uh, women got the time and booked a place to Tokyo and uh, fairly emotional scenes as they crossed the line, as I realised that they were off to uh, the Olympic Games. Um, in terms of their time, let me just run through these quickly before um, I ask what you guys think. So Ailish won, won the race in 31.19, then there was an Israeli athlete who came second in the same time, uh, Tafiri, Jessica Judd, third in 31.20, Verity Ockenden, fourth in 31.43, and Amy Eloise Markov, fifth in 32.04. Other Brits in terms of the women who were involved. So previous guests, Jenny Nesbitt came 12th, Clara Evans was in the race, Samantha Harrison also in the race, um, and the big, big runs from Charlotte Arter as well. Um, other women in the race, Beth Kidger, Hannah Irwin, Kate Avery and Eleanor Bolton. Um, so, guys, if we talk about the women's race first, um, obviously a couple of standout performances. And it was really the finish, which was the main talking point. So uh, the women needed to run a 219 last 800 to get that time, which they obviously did manage to do. Um, they ran a final kilometre of 251 and the final 200 metres of 31 seconds. So it really was a, a really strong finish to, to secure that time. Kat, if I come to you first, what were your standout thoughts of the, the women's A race? Yeah, I think just mainly just how well Jess Judd ran. It was just, it was so impressive to watch. And just, I don't think there could be someone that deserves to go to the Olympics more than her for everything she does for the sport in you know she's one of the first ones I remember from getting into running being at the um, road relays in Sutton Park and things and passing her on the switch back and you know just watching how impressive she was then 
I think she's inspired a lot of young athletes and also, you know, with all the pacing things we've seen her doing and things like that with young athletes. I think she's really just one of those people that really, truly deserved it. And it's so good to see her coming into form just at the right time to finally get to an Olympics. And obviously the reaction when she crossed the line just shows how much it meant to her. And yeah, just a great race to, you know, we were all starting to feel like they may not, they may not get in under the time and just put in that great surge at the end was just really great to watch, made it really good. And I think a bit disappointed for Verity Ockenden. I think she found herself in a bit of a difficult position there, putting in a lot of the work for that, um, for the main section of the race. But obviously she's still got a really rapid time over the 5,000. And she will be going for the the British champs um, and the 5,000 trials in the coming weeks as well. What were your take homes from the, the women's race, George? Yeah, the same as Kat, really just, I mean, obviously, Aish McGolgan deserves a, a lot of, yeah, a lot of praise. Third Olympic Games is is very impressive um, to be consistently that good for well, nine years now rather than eight. And she seems to be getting better, if anything. So, yeah. That's very impressive. But yeah, Jess Judd, I think, was the the standout in that race. I was watching it with like a few people and like teammates, Loughborough teammates, who maybe have been like the older ones, kind of obviously Jess Judd trains at Loughborough, Loughborough postgrad, I think, and used to be a Loughborough student. So I think the ones that know her a bit better just thinks that kind of she really, really deserves this, just works really, really hard as a, a good kind of set up around her. There's a lot of training with her boyfriend, I think, Rob Warner. Um and yeah, they just she just really deserves it. So yeah, just very, very good result to yeah, to see them kind of closing in kind of in the background of the the they have a the Israeli girl for the last kind of eight hundred meters or so and then to see them come past with yeah, a few hundred meters to go and like realise they were gonna have a standard was yeah, very impressive. Yeah, and also a shout out to Charlotte Arter who secured the Welsh Commonwealth Games standard um, in the race as well. Great. So if we have a look at the men's race, so the men's standard, George, was 27-28. Uh, three men in the race did actually achieve that time, although none of them Brits. Um, from a British perspective, some fairly big names in here. So we had Mark Scott, Mo Farah, Jake Smith. Um, were probably the, the biggest names or the ones were the most taught beforehand. But we also saw big performances, particularly from Emil Caress and also others, including Matt Leach, Christian Jones, Christian Jones, sorry. Um, so the race went out pretty fast. There has been a bit of chat about the pacemaking, um, apparently a 62 first lap, I believe. Jake Smith seemed to take it on in terms of just being behind the paces early on and was running hard and um, subsequently DNF'd. Um, generally, the Brits seemed to struggle to stick with that Olympic qualifying time pace and slipped off um, that pace. Um, and then obviously Mark Scott rallied at the end to pip Farah on the line. So Mark Scott had already achieved the Olympic qualifying time before Saturday's race. So he only had to finish in the top two spots. He was the first Brit to cross the line, which meant he booked his place on the team for Tokyo. Mo Farah finished second, but obviously didn't achieve the Olympic qualifying time, thus meaning he does not have an auto qualifier just yet. 
I think he has until the 29th of June if he wants to try again to achieve that time. And if he does achieve the time prior to that deadline, having finished second in the trials, I believe that will also mean he would be auto-qualified as well. If he doesn't hit that time before the 29th of June, it means he won't be running the 10,000 at the Olympics. And we know that Sam Atkin is the only other British male athlete with that time at the moment, but he didn't race at the trials. So still a bit to be sorted out in terms of the complete picture for the men's team. George, men's race, what did you think? Yeah, just really weird, to be honest. I think I thought Scott could beat Farrow. I didn't really think anyone else in the race could, just on PBs. And I certainly never even considered Farrow not, not only not running the standard, but not really featuring in the latter half of the race. I mean, obviously he's been away from the track for a while, but I think I'm right in saying he's not, it's the first time he's been beaten in a 10,000 since Daegu 2011, which, I mean, not, I mean, first of all, as a stat, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, but to then kind of just see him finish eighth in a European standard race, not even kind of the, the best in the world, um, only like a few years after winning World Championship gold and they're doing pretty well in the marathon, raced well in the half marathon last year um, in Antrim. Yeah, I just I just never saw this coming. And I know, I think he said maybe he had a bit of a bad ankle or... Yeah, I mean, I'm just surprised because I, I, I think when he announced he was going to Tokyo or going to give it, like come back to the track... Obviously, he was planning on 2020, but I, th- I thought at the time he'll, he'll only do that if he thinks he's got a chance of getting a medal. So to then not even make the team, which it looks like he's not going to, is just, yeah, just a massive surprise. And yeah, just a, just a shame, really, because he kind of, he probably was, if you asked me a week ago, who's our only chance of winning a 10,000 metre medal, he'd probably say it's only going to be Farrah. Um, so yeah just a shame and it was just a weird race like you said the, the first lap was really quick I mean Farrah looked confident in that first lap like trying to get whatever crowd was there going and he he was probably the one responsible for that 62 first lap I think he went through in about 30 and kind of made pacemakers kind of make a bit of a mess of it really so yeah just a really weird race and I mean obviously brilliant for Scott not the time I was expecting from him or maybe the performance but yeah he's done the job brilliant race from Emil Caress. I think he'd only had COVID like 10 weeks ago or something to then run a massive PB in 10k a couple of months later is really impressive but yeah as I say just really unusual from Farah not at all how I saw the race going yeah so a few questions then so Kat where and what now for Mo do you think um, do you think he'll try again as I said, he's got a few weeks. Um, is the 5,000 probably out of his reach now as well? Because that those um, teams are also yet to be decided. I think we all want to see more. We It would be such a shame to see his career end like that. I think we'd all like to see him jump back into another race. And I mean, you know, PB-wise, he, he stands up in the 5,000 and even... If he is a little slower than his best, he should still be pretty competitive over that. But I don't know. He's 
it's um I'd like to see him jump into another ten thousand, like maybe the one with you, George, in Leeds, and go and go and run the time. But I don't know. It'd just be really sad to see it all finish his career finish like that. So yeah, hopefully there's still a chance for him to get to this Olympics. But I think we can see from that that unless there was some significant injury that cause that that he's not going to be competitive even if he does get to the Olympics so yeah it's um it's a shame maybe maybe he should have stuck with the marathons yeah on the flip side I suppose uh no mo will mean someone else gets an Olympic experience and you would suggest George that if it nothing else were to change now it'd be Sam Atkin to go as well yeah it looks like it because I think well, yeah, they're, they're the only two with the standard Scott and, and Atkin. Um, I mean, they can take three, but obviously, yeah, you need someone else to have the standard and no one does at the moment. So, um, You've got your chance at Leeds, George. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, work, work hard in that race, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I could run that pace for about a K and I'd be gone. But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't... I don't really see the 5K as an option for him because coming down from the marathon, if anything, he's going to be worse than the 5K than the 10K. So, and and that's probably the harder team to make. I think there's only two with the standard again, but you have to run the standard at the trials, which is hard enough as it is. It's got Butchart and Scott to then beat in the trials. Yeah, I just think. What is the standard for the 5,000? Is it like 13.25 or something or is that? 13.13, uh, 13, I think. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough standard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just, like I say, for someone kind of who's been as um, like brilliant as Farah has to, to go out like that with just like a real weird performance would be a, yeah, would be a real shame. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he had said that Tokyo was going to be it. Um, I mean, obviously, he's got the Commonwealth Games if he wants to next year at home. But yeah, I, I certainly can't see him either running either of the standards between now and what, two weeks' time. Yeah, well, uh, just a very quick bit of housekeeping there, just to, to give the top three. Um, so um, Amdouni of France won the race, Bashir Abdi came second, and Carlos Mayo came third. So French, Belgian and Spanish. Um, and as I said, all three of those top three men secured the Olympic standard. Um, shout out yeah, as we, what you have to Emile Caress um, for, for that great run as well. Sorry, Kat. So Abdi is um, Mo Farah's training partner, isn't he? Who he, um, he beat in that hour um, yeah. race. So it, hopefully this, could be just an injury that he's that because usually they usually he beats him in races doesn't he yeah I've, I've never seen him lose to Abdi and mm. I just I mean he'd have been doing presumably like very similar sessions to he's done for the past 10 years in in build-ups to 10ks he would have known he would have known within yeah. 10 or 15 seconds what shape he was in because someone as experienced as that just does I don't know if he thought he was in what twenty seven fifty something shape. I, I don't think he'd have turned up. I just no. he must have. Yeah, either a very very bad day or whatever was going on with his ankle just completely hindered him. But obviously, it's just 
if it is an ankle injury, it's a real race against time to be able to get fit and then get into a good enough race yeah. between the now and the Get it sorted. <laughs> yeah. Just also a quick shout out to the winners of the B races. So there was a, an evening of, of running, which was good to watch. Um, in the men's B race, Ellis Cross of Aldershot, Farnham and District and St. Mary's Uni won or was the top British finisher, um, 29-10. And Sally Ratcliffe also of Aldershot, Farnham and District and Loughborough was the first Brit finisher in the women's B race, 34-39. George, you had a bit of a, uh, a bit of a gripe with the coverage. Yeah, I mean, I mean first of all, well, start moaning um it was on which is always a start because still too often really good events like this are not on or particularly if it's in america you can't watch it if it's in the uk or it's behind a paywall or so yeah at least it was on but i don't get why i think it could have been bbc coverage because i mean they did the yeah i just thought kind of it was something that i'm sure steve cram was sat at home watching it so could have been commentating on it for yeah so but i just thought i get that they have to well they want why they want to put kind of the olympic trials within this european cup because you can only run so many ten thousand meters a year so inevitably if they had them separate no no brits would want to go to this european cup because they prioritize the trials and it makes a, a deeper field of kind of more than just a handful of British athletes trying to run the standard, but I think it was just a shame we missed kind of a number of key battles in the the trials race. I had no idea Judd and McColgan were closing in as quickly as they were until the last lap, really. No idea where Farrow and Scott were. I think on the split, Scott was five seconds behind Farrow with a lap to go and ran a 59 to beat him, and that would have been really exciting to see, but we didn't see it until 50 metres to go. Um, when Caress crossed the line just behind them, I genuinely would have said he was being lapped because you just never saw him and he was never there. And obviously, he had an amazing run and ran at even pace. But it just, I think the the coverage of the trials, which I think we all were more interested in than of Mayo versus Anduni and Abdi, um, it just meant kind of what we actually got to see of the trials was limited um, and. The, the camera view was a bit weird. It wasn't, it was always very zoomed in and never kind of saw the perspective of a whole kind of back straight or more than just kind of a one person. So yeah, it's just a bit of a shame that we, we couldn't see as much as of the trials that as I think I would have, yeah, would have, would have liked to see. Yeah. On the commentary though, Hanno England is getting quite a few um, plaudits. People seem to like Hanno England's insight. Um, yeah, yeah, really yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, George, did you want to talk us through the next event that we're just going to fly through, which is the uh, the BMC event that you took part in? So the 29th of May Sports City BMC event. Just fly through some of the, the main runners and riders. Yeah, so said on the BMC website, there was one national record, which was Kate Seary in the women's 3,000 metres steeplechase, a Welsh record. Uh, 10 European under-20 and under-23 qualifying times and 161 personal bests from 285 finishes. So more than 50% or quite a bit more than 50% PB, which is very impressive. It just shows how high quality and how well run these these BMC Grand Prix are with pacemakers and everything's just, yeah, just very well run. 
Um, so in the men's 800, Ollie Dustin won in 145.7, uh, which was a Euro- European under-23 qualifying time. Head of Tom Randolph, George Mills, and then Ethan Hussey finished in 146.78, and he's only 18. And that was uh, ninth all-time under-20 uh, UK performance, so very impressive from him. Um, Carl Langford was also in that race, so he kind of obviously getting ready for Olympic trials. He, I think he came second in 145 as well. Um, it was Ellen Colburn who won the 16-year-old who won the women's um, 800 in 205.04, and that was ninth all-time on the uh, UK under-17 list. Um, in the men's 15, Max Wharton was one of the best performances of the night, really. Um, I've only really seen him in 800s, and he yeah, ran 339.6, which was a, a seven-second PB to win the DA race ahead of Remy, Adebayi, Ben West, uh, Kane Elliott, who all ran Euro Junior standards. Uh, Jess Judd won the women's 15 comfortably. I think she won by 10 seconds and looked looked really good. So that was clearly good prep for the 10,000 metres. And then, let's say, in the steeplechase, uh, Kate Seary came second in a Welsh record of 10 16, uh, sorry, 10 21. And Sarah Tate won in, in 10 16. Um, and then the men's steeplechase was won by Jonathan Hopkins in 8 36. And then the 5,000 main performance was Hugo Milner, who front run um, in 1352 to win the, the A race ahead of Owen Everard of Ireland. And yeah, so lots of good performances. And yeah, I say to have like 60% athletes getting PBs, just yeah, perfect conditions. And yeah, just a really well run event. Yeah, thanks, George. And that Hugo Milner also ran in the 10,000 meter GB trials as well. Um, ran 28.35, I think, Derby runner. So a good couple of weeks for, for Hugo Milner there. Um, if I just fly through some of the other big performances we've seen since we last spoke, guys. So there's been races all over the place, really, and there's loads of athletics going on, which is great. Uh, we saw the Brigham Sports Manchester Invitational. There's been another Battersea Under the Lights 5K, which has yielded some quick times, and there's been track events at Wimbledon, Aldershot, Worthing, and, and loads more. Um, abroad, we've had the Doha Diamond League, um, the FBK Games in Hengelo, where we saw uh, Sifan Hassan run a 10,000-metre world record. I'll get your guys' thoughts on that in a quick second. Um, over in Portland, and I'll kick off here with some of the big performances, Josh Kerr ran the quickest 1500 meters ever on US soil when he ran a 331, took the record from Seb Coe, pretty much ran solo. I think he left the pacemaker behind and just um, stormed it basically. Um, Other big performances, Amy Pratt has achieved the Olympic qualifying time of 925. She ran the time in Spain. Um, so what Amy needs to do now is finish top two in the trials for an auto qualification spot. Um, that also puts her second on the UK all time list. So some really strong running from Amy Pratt. And I think we've seen her just miss out on quite a few occasions now up to this point. Uh, Jake Hayward and Charlie Grice, Olympic qualifying times of 3.33 in the 15. Alex Bell ran a 158 over 800 in Belfast. 
our last week's or last show's interviewee, Tom Mortimer, at the European Team Champs, uh, ran a 5,000 PB of 1328, which I'm sure he'll be chuffed with. And we also saw Jake Whiteman take the 1500 meter win at the FBK Games in Hengelo um, as well. Finally, Eddie Baker joined the sub two minute 800 meter club when she ran 159.54. Um, although that was a PB, it was just 0.04 seconds off the Olympic qualifying time. So a bit of, um, um, I don't know, a bit of a, a, a tough one uh, there. A great PB, but just shy of the Olympic time. Um, Kat, Amy Pratt eventually got that Olympic qualifying time. I'm sure she'll be chuffed with that. Yeah, so good to see after so many <clears throat> goes at it where, and she's been so close for so long that, You've just been really wishing she could just get that in the bag and go to the trial. I would imagine she's going to the Olympics now. I don't think there's anybody else that's going to come top two in the... I mean, she won the British Championships in last year. So I imagine that's pretty much her going to the Olympics. So, yeah, it's really, really pleased to see that. And I'm sure she's, you know, really quite confident now going into it that she'll be going. Yeah, so in that woman's steeplechase, I think Lizzie Bird's got the standard as well. And I think it, I'm just on the World Athletics website because there's that weird world rankings thing going on this year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, where if you're in a certain quote with world rankings, and I don't really know what the cutoff is, but it counts as an entry standard even if you haven't got it, um, which I think doesn't really apply to many Brits because particularly in the distance races, the world rankings will be filled by a lot of Africans and kind of the depth in Kenya and Ethiopia. But I think it means Rosie Clark, as it stands, can qualify. So, yeah, it looks very much like Pratt, Bird and Clark will mm. be the, the three that can, can go to the Olympics. And then, yeah, it doesn't really matter about the trials because unless no one else runs the standard, then, it, yeah. Amy Pratt's doing pretty good, I think. Yeah, I think she'll be feeling pretty good even. I mean, she beat Clark at the British Champs and she's running better now. So hopefully it'll be really great to see her go to the Olympics. She's one of those runners we've all enjoyed watching in the steeplechase, really taking every race out. You know, she has really gone for this Olympic standard. So it's be good to watch her. Also, you'd hope if you if you ran just ran the second on the UK or time list that you you should hopefully qualify for that that year's Olympics, wouldn't you? So yeah, I think yeah. it's uh, hopefully we see Amy Pratt at the Olympics. There, uh, George, just a quick one on Tom Mortimer at the European Team Champs running thirteen twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I watched it. I watched have a second half bit on the way to Manchester for the BMC. I was yeah pulled into services and watched like have a second half of it. And when I saw like their 3K split or whatever it was, I must have, I think I remember thinking like, that can't be 3K, that must be 2.8 or something. Cause I didn't see it being a particularly fast race just cause championships aren't, but it looked like kind of three or four of them had agreed to like take a lap each. So it looked pretty well planned and maybe they needed kind of a standard of some kind as well. Or maybe that was just part of the plan was to, yeah, help each other out a bit. So, yeah, amazing performance. Do you, do you know if he's going to compete at the trials? Because that's pretty close or getting close to the Olympic standard. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, actually, because... I don't know what the... Yeah, when Euro under-23s are. Um, 
but yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely got standards getting to the trial. So mm. yeah, potentially. I just listened to the interview just on my run now. I finished listening to it. It's really good. He's such a, he really, I suppose because he's reasonably new to it all, he doesn't realise quite how good he is, does he? Which is really nice when you're listening to it. Yeah, just, yeah, and he's just kind of, yeah, just, you, you, you get the feeling that he just, yeah, he just really enjoys it. He kind of always just turns up possessions and goes for it. And it's just, yeah, real kind of, yeah, really exciting to just watching the training sessions. And yeah, he's just flying at the moment, which is brilliant. Yeah. And is that a, um, will you know, George, if that is a Commonwealth standard? I think it is. I think it's 1330. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously there'll be a number of people that will have that standard for England next year. But, yeah, obviously he's only going to get better, you thought, over the next 12 months. So, yeah, Great. it'd be amazing to, to see him there. Great. Well, talking of big performances... We'll get your take on this one. So, 10,000 meter women's world record has been broken. So, Safan Hassan, Dutch athlete, clocked 29 minutes, six seconds, 0.82, and shaved almost nine seconds off from the previous record of 29.17 uh, from Amaz Ayana, um, which had previously been regarded as one of the toughest records in the books. So, again, a fairly impressive watch. So, Safan Hassan pretty much led the race for the majority of it, ran solo for a large part of the race, um, lapping runners left, right and centre. So she averaged about 4.40 a mile or 2.54 per K. She's running sort of 69 seconds, 70 seconds, 400 laps. And she finished with a final <coughs> of 2.45, um, which means she now has four world records, including the mile, the road 5K, the one hour run world record and now the 10,000 meters. She's also got world titles over the 1,500 meters and the 10,000 meters, um, but no Olympic medals as of yet. So I'm sure we'll see her at the Olympics. There's been a mixed reaction to this one, guys. Be interested to see what you think. Um, George, can we get excited about this? Um, I certainly haven't. Um, I don't want to, yeah. It's hard because you, you want to be able to watch performances like this and enjoy them. But, I mean, I I, I didn't believe that world record to begin with when it was Almaz Ayana um, because I think I think she did it at the Olympic final, having been apparently injured all year. Um, so presumably was barely tested all year and turns up the Olympic final, smashes a what was already a dodgy world record because it was Chinese athletes in the 90s before Ayana she smashed that by 15 seconds and then Hassan's gone and smashed it and obviously with the Salazar connection it yeah it just yeah I'm not a big fan of hers put it that way I, I yeah it would mean an amazing run to be fair I mean whatever you want to say she yeah she looked amazing throughout but yeah I, I'm not I'm not a believer in it what about you it's a tough one isn't it so uh, similar to you, you want to be excited about it, but you find yourself not being really. Um, there's a lot of talk afterwards. So loads of talk about the shoes, about the lights, um, about connections with Salazar, uh, mm. about her range, which I think is hugely impressive, sort of demonstrated by those world records. So being sort of world class from 1500 up to 10,000 and, and beyond for the hour record is I think the range is something that's often talked about with her. Um, 
but there we are. Uh, but yeah. it's probably no way of knowing. We'll probably never know. And, and it's probably one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just, it's going it's, to, it's tough for those athletes that were in that Salazar group because whatever they do, and there's British athletes included in that, it's always just going to hang over them a little bit because, yeah, just being connected to someone who, yeah, has been banned for drugs. And he, Salazar was giving those drugs to someone. Um, and yeah, I think Hassan stood by him in 2019 when it all came out as well, which isn't a good look. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, like I say, it's, you want to be able to watch not just world record attempts, but championship races and be able to believe that everyone in there is clean and Hassan might be, but there, yeah, every race we watch, then fortunately there will be people in there that aren't clean. And yeah, it's just kind of seeing performances like this just sort of reminds you a little bit that, yeah, you can never be a hundred percent sure. Yeah. We really need, uh, we need some really good cracking down on drugs and really, I think almost, I mean, the most part, you need the athletes to speak out when they get into a team like that and find that stuff's going on. You need them to speak out. And obviously none of them did. They all deny ever knowing anything about it. And they're usually, it's usually something inbuilt in the team. And, you know, you need to know what they're doing. No one knows whether she's taking something, even if it's not, you know, if it's legal or, you know, not been worked, no one's worked out whether it's performance enhancing yet, but it just, you just want to believe a hundred percent when someone run, runs a world record that you can trust that they've been tested, you know, and that they really understand what they're looking for in the test. Cause it, you know, we don't want it to come out in five years that there was a new thing that nobody had thought of yet and they weren't testing for new ways to get around it. Um, and it, it is a bit sad that that's how we think every time she runs a good race, because she is impressive to watch. But it's just that that little bit of doubt ruins it all. OK, thanks, guys. Well, hopefully uh, some future races to, to look forward to and get excited about. So we've got Florence Diamond League this week. Um, obviously, the Leeds 10,000 metre event, as we've already mentioned, that George is running in is shaping up to be a really good one we've got the british champs trials coming up shortly which we'll be talking about lots and then we've also got another bmc this weekend at watford so lots to look forward to loads of athletics to watch at the moment george best of luck for your training and your sessions in the lead up to the the leeds event will we talk again before Le um i thought we probably will yeah uh, maybe a couple of days before actually so okay yeah. great stuff good um, luck tomorrow ben Thank you. I need it. Yeah. Um, this week's interview, guys, is um, with James Hunt, as I've mentioned. So James is a, a Cardiff AC runner. He's the two-time Welsh cross-country champion as well. Um, he's got a sub-14 minute 5K, a sub-29 minute 10,000 metres to his name. Um, really impressive runner. Got loads of um, good performances over the years and still a fairly young athlete. So loads more to come from James. Sat down with him this week and, and spoke about his training a little bit, his his standout performances, how he approaches races and, and all sorts. So hopefully you guys enjoy the interview. Um, thanks so much for listening, as always. And um, we will see you again soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Yeah, good luck tomorrow. Cheers.
This week on track, we are delighted to be joined by two-time Welsh cross-country champion and a man with a sub-40 minute 5k and a sub-29 minute 10,000 metre PB to his name, James Hunt. James runs for Cardiff AC, first represented Wales as an eight-year-old and has had a successful 2021 with track PBs in the 5 and 10,000 metres, along with a strong performance at the Podium 5k and at the On Bristol Track Club Elite 5k. James also has a top five finish at the Intercounties Cross Country Champs to his name and a 67 minute half marathon PB. So we're delighted to sit down and talk all things running with us here at Track. Hi James, how are you? I'm good, thanks Ben. Yeah, how are you? All right? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks uh, very much for giving up some of your time to talk to us. Yeah, no um, problem. We're recording on a, on a Monday evening, um, a sunny Monday. Have you done yeah. your, your running for the day or are you running at the yeah. moment? Yeah, I've just been out, um, done a little five mile um, easy run uh, down to Merthamar, sand dunes and back. So uh, just chilling now and um, getting ready for tomorrow's session. So Okay, so the sand dunes something that you uh, train on quite regularly? Um, I don't necessarily train on the sand dunes, but... Uh, that's one of my key routes is uh, just running down to the sand dunes and back as it's just a really nice uh, run, really. So Yeah, very good. And uh, what's the session looking like for tomorrow? Um, I think it's a bit of tempo and maybe six uh, minute on, minute off or something. So uh, I'm not quite sure yet. I haven't checked my uh, schedule yet, but uh, it's looking something like tempo and some effort. So. Okay, very good. And will you do that with someone, someone else or is that so? Uh, they'll be solo that well on the road I think so I'm quite busy with work tomorrow so it'll have to be an evening uh, session okay uh, you, you said uh, we'll jump into it straight away James you said check your schedule um, I noticed on Power of 10 it currently says well there's no coach listed for you currently uh, previously yeah. it says Matt Klaus um, yeah what's the coaching situation for you at the moment um, well for the past year I've had um Chris Jones from Welsh Athletics he's yeah. been um helping me um sending me programs and stuff so um yeah that's that's pretty much from a coaching aspect Chris is pretty much my coach at the moment um but uh yeah it works well he's um he sends me a few weeks uh we chat over it you know about once or twice a week so um yeah it's good you know there's a lot of he, know, he knows his stuff so it's like you know I, I know that uh, you know I've run 28.59 off his plan and uh, I wasn't even doing that much mileage so I know that no it works yeah. it's just um, yeah so uh, Chris is my coach sort of thing and um, working well at the moment then yeah. so and um, solo tomorrow but do you generally have many training partners where you are or is most of your work on your own um most of the time I do train on my own. Um, John Hopkins um, lives down by me as well. So uh, we, t we, we do tend to train a bit together now and then um, when we're both like on the same sort of training program as coaches. Uh, Chris is his coach as well. So um, that's, that's good. That works well. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, Josh Lunn, sometimes I, I train with him 
um, and uh, Jacob Griffiths when he's uh, back from uni. So, yeah. Other than that, I can't really think of anyone else to train with, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. We've um, we've spoken to a few Cardiff uh, runners on on this podcast. So we've spoken to Josh Lyon, we've spoken to Jake Smith, Clara Evans, Jenny Nesbitt, um, Dan yeah. Nash. Um, so there seems to be a real sort of strength at the club at the moment. Yeah. Um, that you might <clears throat> may not train with them all very often or at no. all, but it must be nice to to be in a club that's got such depth at the moment. Yeah, it's really good. Um, well, I'm really looking forward to uh, when we can get, you know, the 12 stage back together and have a really good go at that because uh, I think there'll be one hell of a race uh, between Cardiff and Swansea, well, and a few of the other clubs, Leeds and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to things getting back to normal a bit more now and, uh yeah, it's exciting for the club, really. Yeah. So, are you a fan of the the relays? Uh, yeah, I do enjoy it. Yeah, I haven't done it in a couple of years, but um, I think when uh, when we got a good team out, this uh, you know, it's interesting, man. So, yeah, and you must fancy your chances to uh, to have a good crack at. I think it's yeah. scheduled to happen in October or. Oh, is it really? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'd be uh, definitely keen for that. I think it'd be interesting so great um james so we're talking a couple of days after the the gb 10,000 meter olympic trials which are held in birmingham over the weekend yeah um, am i right in thinking at one point you were scheduled to be on that start list and and have a crack at the 10,000 yeah i um i i run just inside the um qualification time to make it into the a race so uh that was um really exciting for me um it was going to be like the race of my life I was training well everything was going well and um I uh had a bit of like um well a bit of a wobble about four weeks ago but um I raced well then at Bristol 5k and uh, that brought my confidence back up and uh, I was really looking forward to two weeks' time until the Olympic trials. So um, then the next morning after the race in Bristol, I wake up and uh, I've got a terrible sore throat and head cold and everything. So I thought, I'll get over this in a few days now and I'll be okay. But uh, <clears throat> it lasted for about seven days then. So uh, I, could, I couldn't train or anything. So uh, I have to make the right decision my health and everything just to leave it there then really so um yeah there's be i got loads of opportunities coming up to this season so um killed me to uh, not be there but uh yeah hopefully now um i'll be able to run that 2830 at some point this year so okay yeah so the 2830 being the the commonwealth standard yeah the welsh commonwealth standards yeah so currently you've got a, well, you made your track debut, I'm right in saying, um, earlier this year. Uh, yeah. For the 10,000 anyway, you ran 28.59 yeah. in Newport. Um, yeah. So, you, yeah, you must be fairly confident of knocking sort of 29-ish seconds off that and, and hitting that standard before the, the window's up. Yeah, I think so. Like, um, when I did that race, I was so, I was so adamant to myself and so confident in myself uh, mentally that I was going to run sub 29 even if it was by less than half a second um, it was uh, 
I, I just knew I could do it. So um, believing in myself like that, I, I believe in myself that I can run 28.30. So, um, yeah, I've just got to just find the right race now, build my training and confidence up again and uh, have a really good crack at it at the right race. So, yeah. yeah. I'm right in saying you went through the 5K mark in about 14.10 that day, I think. Yeah, yeah well, it was funny. Um, I was saying to everyone after, I, I didn't even realise that we went through in 14.10. I, I thought we went through a bit slow. Uh, and uh, when I found out after that it was 14.10, <laughs> I was saying to Chris, uh, I was, I was uh, that was the easiest, fastest 10K, 5K I've ever run, you know? <laughs> Um, is that just a case of following the, the the lads in front of you and just switching off for that first yeah week? it was just I was switched off I was relaxed um I just felt yeah just felt amazing it was everything come together on that day so um but then you know like training up towards that race was I was only on about 55 60 miles a week so I was on I wasn't on much so my aerobic fitness let me down in the last sort of three three-ish k so but um no as a debut that was uh really big for me and a huge confidence boost so yeah what did the the 25 laps how did that compare to a a road 10k did you like it did you take to that do you reckon well uh i spoke to dewey before um the race and uh he was saying you know you got to just switch off here now and just just relax switch off and come alive in the last eight laps but uh it, it come down to it and um it, it just went so quick and i enjoyed it so much it was um it wasn't that i i don't know it, it was it was okay uh he was also saying as well before the start that uh he reckons the 10k on the track is harder than a half marathon on the road and i'm thinking well i don't really uh quite enjoy uh i know how tough a half marathon is so the 10k on the track must be tough but uh no i really enjoyed it and it wasn't too bad and um i'm really looking forward to having a good another good crack at it but uh no it was good great did you have any sort of sessions in the lead up to that race that gave you that bit of confidence or anything that you remember that made you think yeah i can give this a good go now um it, I don't think it was really like the sessions I can't really remember what sessions I did but it none of the tracks were open or anything uh so it was all road based and um <clears throat> it was mostly like um yeah it was it was all road based and uh I was working I remember I was working all week because I didn't know whether I was going to be able to race or not because I didn't have my elite status so it was only on the Thursday night, two days before uh, that I found out I was going to be able to run. Right. And I was working uh, after work late and stuff, doing like little jobs here and there. So uh, I was thinking, oh, well, it is what it is sort of thing now. If I r- run, I'm just going to, you know, have a really good crack at it. But come down to it on the Thursday, I got the email and the phone call and... Um, yeah, I was. I knew I was ready mentally then. So, good. no, it was good. But uh, session wise, I can't really remember to be honest. I think it was just a lot of, you know, uh, like ten by a k and stuff at threshold pace, but uh, nothing, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. 
If we just jump back to the Olympic trials very quickly, um, yeah. James, did you did you watch it or did you follow it or did you completely <clears throat> switch off from it not being um, I, d- I did watch it to be honest. Yeah, I thought it was a really good race. Um, it was it was a bit like um, you know I wish I was there and everything, but uh, I, I yeah I I thought it was a really good race. Um, you know, Chris Jones running the Commonwealth time as well. Like that was, uh, yeah, really good. So enjoyed watching that. Um, enjoyed seeing Mo get beat by uh, Mark Scott as well. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good race and a great event. Just uh, gutted I couldn't be there really. So were you, um, you're more of a, in the Mark Scott camp, are you? Than Mo? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think Mo will do now? Do you think that's it for him or do you think he'll jump into something um, else? I, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, he's quite unpredictable. I, I think he. Um, I'm sure he'll have a, another go at it at some stage and um, probably run uh, quite quick somewhere else. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, like Mark, he did. He he run. You know, uh, high twenty sevens, didn't he? So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the conditions were like there, but I don't think it was seen that fast. Mm-hmm. For him to run a twenty twenty seven ten or whatever, but uh, yeah, no. And uh, clubmate Jake Smith tried to take it on fairly early, didn't he? But uh... yeah, oh, of course, yeah, I know Jake. Yeah, he's well. He, you know, the pace slowed, and um, you could see the, the the green flashing light getting away from him. And uh, you know, he had to run the qualifying time, so he had to give it his best shot. And you know, uh, well, it's happened to the best of us. You know. It, it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? You know, front running the whole way to try and, you know, run the time. But uh, unfortunately, uh, he had to uh, drop out. But uh, I'm sure he'll come bouncing back uh, a lot quicker. Sure. So um, before we talk about your uh, your 5,000, uh, James, have you got a 10,000 in mind going forward or is it still to be <clears throat> decided? Um, I've got one at the end of the month in Leeds so it's like the the, the mid midsummer 10,000 or something so uh that's next on the schedule um providing I can get a good build up now in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. um but other than that I haven't got anything lined up after that so it's just a matter of building and building again and waiting for something to come up but uh I don't think there's anything in Wales at the moment I've got lined up. So we'll have to be traveling either in Europe or uh, somewhere around um, England, I think. You mentioned mentioned work a couple of times, James. Am I right in thinking it's sort of the construction industry you're in? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm a builder with my dad's building company. Um, Very busy at the moment. so yeah, it's very good. I used to, um, I just finished like two months ago with the fire service. I was a part-time firefighter in South Wales Fire Rescue Service. So uh, that was good, but uh, it was just got a bit too much for me. I was working all the time and um, it was, well, my training was something I had to give then sort of thing. So I had to give up the fire service. I loved the job, but uh, yeah, I had to... Um, leave it there sort of thing and move on and the, the training is a little bit easier with the the current job isn't it <clears throat> yeah yeah it's, it's okay uh 
you know, uh, when, when we are working hard in the day, it's, it's hard coming home from work and then going for a run when you yeah. are really tired, but because uh, it is a graft sort of thing. Um, but no, I do enjoy it. You know, it's something different every day and uh, keeps me busy. And I think if I was thinking about running all day, every day, I don't think uh, I'd enjoy it as much as I do. So. Right. Right. <clears throat> Great. Um, well, look, we've, we've spoken about the 5,000 that you've run. Sorry, the 10,000 you ran this yeah. year. Um, you also ran a 14.08 track PB for the 5,000. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That was in Cardiff, I believe. And um, yeah. you've done a couple of 5Ks. So you mentioned the one, the Bristol Track Club one in Bath. Yes. And you also ran Podium 5K. Yeah. Um, if we start with the, the track, so you ran the 1408 there at Cardiff. Was that, uh, were you happy with that on the day? Uh, track PB? Um, <clears throat> I, was, I was happy with it, obviously, because it was a PB and, you know, 1408 is no... It, there's no joke sort of thing you know it's, it's it's solid but um i i was expecting a bit quicker it was it was a windy night as well but uh yeah i wasn't quite happy with how i performed really i had a bit too many races on the lead up to the race so uh <clears throat> my mileage was down and my aerobic fitness wasn't really there to carry me through that last sort of mile then because the first three three and a half k was really good and solid and i was right in the mix but um i lost about 10 seconds on the last mile so yeah i i know exactly where i went wrong so it was yeah uh four, 14 dead <clears throat> at podium um yeah it's really happy for that yeah 12th place i think <clears throat> we got you so a fairly stacked field um how yeah. did one go there um well, I I, <clears throat> I was expecting quicker. Mentally, I was in a really good place and uh, knew I was going to run fast. But um, I know exactly where I went wrong, wrong because uh, at about 2K, I decided to hit the front. If I felt it felt really I felt really good and it was um, the pace was starting to slow a bit. So I decided, OK, I'm going to push it off push on at the front now started to take it on felt amazing and um just went a little bit over my threshold and uh pop so yeah but uh held on for 14 minutes so uh i was happy with that but um yeah just pushed a little bit too much at full uh at 2k and uh yeah paid for it it's an interesting one to watch podium because we only get a glimpse of you guys <clears throat> maybe once or twice Luke. yeah so you're never sure who's going to come around on the front of the pack I know the Tom Mortimer last week or the week before who ended up winning that night yeah yeah um, and he, he sort of took, spoke about his battles at the front there so it's interesting to hear from from your perspective yeah but no it was good enjoyed that race you've gone under 14 minutes for 5k on the road in 2020 13.58 yeah. at Armagh <laughs> Um, what is it about Armar, which is just, I mean, you ran 13.58 and finished 19th, I think. So yeah. Just a, I don't know, it seems like a special place to run a 5K. I, I really don't know. It's, um, I don't know. I think it's just the atmosphere and being able, you know, you just, it's like, a, it's almost like a track 5K, mm. except you've got the atmosphere and you've got a little bit of 
an incline and a downhill on the other side and it just it just pulls you along the amount of people in the race mm-hmm. and everything it's uh it's just one it's just amazing it's just such a great race really um but uh yeah yeah again um Dewey before the start he said to me you know uh he reckons I can go under 14 yeah and I was thinking oh well like you know I don't know about that I've only ever run was it 14 38 or something is was my best at armor and I was thinking oh I don't know about this but uh in my mind I was like come on you can do it and um yeah I did do it somehow so <clears throat> that was really good but, so is Armar uh, an event that you you'll head back to um when oh you, definitely when you... yeah really enjoy that event yeah I think it's just the the late night race and uh just the buzz of everyone how how fast everyone runs there Mm-hmm. and how well the, the event is organized then really so great okay we'd like to run through our guests pbs <clears throat> james so i'm just going to shout yep. out a few of your pbs starting from 800 no um, problem. and then we'll pick a few of them out so you for 800 <clears throat> you've run two minutes dead 0.46 in newport in 2016 yeah yeah i remember that <laughs> so is the sub sub two on your radar at all or you put that to bed um oh, i'll have to have a go i think at some point but uh yeah 800 meters just hurts too much i think uh did you go out I, fairly even or was that a, like a, a slowing down do you think um first lap was was good i felt really good again and um the last lap i think the last 300 i think that's the most i've hurt ever in a race i think uh, I was just swimming all the way in, <laughs> getting overtaken, and uh, yeah, it was horrible. But I, I really thought I was going to go sub two that day, but uh, I, I just missed out. Very close. <clears throat> um, your fifteen hundred was an under seventeen, as far as I could tell, at Wrexham in twenty eleven, around four twenty two. Was that the Welsh champs? Was it? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Three thousand eight thirty seven last year. Yeah um 837 yeah so how do you feel that one compares with your your 5000 time and your 10000 um bit crazy really because uh i think i've been through um in 817 mm-hmm. through 3k in a 5k so yeah um doesn't quite add up really but uh no that that day was tough it was windy day in Aberdeer track and uh I was in really good shape. I thought I'm going to run quick here, but uh, I did a session in spikes the week before and uh, just my calves were a bit, just couldn't cope with it a bit too much. But um, yeah, I know uh, I've got a faster 3K than that in me. So just waiting for the right opportunity again now. Yeah, they they don't come around quite as often as as the 5K and 10K, do they? No, and you... you have to travel quite a bit to get to a 3k like i don't really fancy traveling to london to run a 3k i'd rather go for a 5k or 10k so that's that's my preferred event sort of things but um yeah i think if there's a local 3k that comes up again i'm definitely gonna have a crack at it great um you're talking about the the fives and and the 10 um your 10k on the road 29.43 in ireland first place yeah um that must have been a pretty good day and also <clears throat> the first time you ran under 30 minutes um at Porthcall, just second behind josh griffiths must have been a good day for you as well 
yeah so yeah my my first sub 30 in Puthgall that was um that was really good uh, I think that's one of the best races I've ever had I think um well atmosphere and everything was just incredible um all my friends came to watch so uh yeah I really enjoyed that race and to get sub 30 I it was uh just unbelievable really um because I run 30 40 about two weeks prior <clears throat> and uh, I thought oh, I'm never going to get this sub 30 is so far away and uh, anyway I come there the, the weather was perfect the atmosphere was incredible and um, I just felt amazing on the day and it all just clicked and come together but uh, yeah it was hard I found it hard for a few um, maybe like a month after that okay. because I never really thought I'd be able to run sub 30 and um, when I did eventually run sub 30, I didn't know where sort of to go after that. It was no goals further than that. So I had to step back a bit and, you know, have a look at sort of what goals I want to want, want to achieve sort of thing. So um, and then I did Leeds uh, 10K then uh, Leeds Abbey Dash. And I ran 29.12, but it was like 20 meters short. So. I knew I was, I could run quick, um, but uh, yeah, it was, you know, just altering my goals again, really. So, How about your win? I believe you won Trafford 10K, did you, in 2020? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Like 944 there. Yeah, that was, that, that was an awesome event as well. Really enjoyed that. Um, it was meant to be some big names there, so I was looking forward to like racing Adam Craig and stuff, so but uh, not a lot of the guys turned up. So it was like very close to when COVID started. So I think it scared a lot of people off. And um, anyway, it was a good race. And um, yeah, tw you know, another sub 30 clock in. So I couldn't, uh, on my own as well. So I couldn't fault that really. Yeah. <clears throat> and finally, over the half marathon distance in 2019, you ran 67.32. Um, and then you, you, your one before that was back in 2016 and, and you've not done one since. So um, um, what's, what's your sort of relationship with the half marathon? Um, um, do more in the future, do you think? Yeah, well, I sort of, I, I, used, I, I used to do it just because um, I enjoyed doing it as sort of like a long run when I was a bit younger. Uh, but yeah, I tried to have a go at it in 2019 and um first 5k was okay but then uh, I just really struggled then from the rest of the race but uh, I think it's just down to my mileage really um, I, 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 I wasn't doing a lot of miles I was only running like 50-60 miles a week top so uh, my aerobic fitness wasn't really there at all um, so I can't really expect to run any quicker than that really but uh no, I need, I've been put, putting in some miles now, so hopefully I'll be able to um, push on now and uh, run at least 64, I think. So, okay. yeah, uh, maybe even a marathon at some point next year. I don't know. Okay. I yeah. like a challenge, so. Well, am I right in saying you used to do a bit of triathlon as a youngster? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I've, I've done a half Ironman. Um that sort of uh, just the, just the training and the challenge I love about it, um, and the feeling you get after you've completed it. So, 
yeah, I've done quite a bit of triathlon and um, I just decided I, I love running. So uh, I, I just went for it sort of thing with running and um, it's doing well so far, I think. so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, what would your marathon, do you, would you have a target in mind or would it just be finding your feet initially? Um, if I could run like sub 220, I'd be really happy with myself. Um, yeah, sub 220, I'd, I'd be over the moon. That'd be a really good run. So, um, <clears throat> but it's more just the challenge of like getting 20 miles and then that last 10K um, and just the feeling of finishing and knowing you know you've done it sort of thing like that's uh i haven't had that feeling in a while so uh, that, that's what i'm uh, looking for next really so great okay well james we can't not ask you about your um your two-time welsh cross-country champion in 2018 yeah. and 2020 um both sort of roughly the 10k distance um so in 2020 it was in clinelli and in 2018 swansea <clears throat> Um, yeah what are your standout memories from those two occasions and it must be something you're hugely proud of um well th- to be honest um the first time i won it there in swansea was uh it was it was weird i i just didn't expect it at all and um coming down the last like sort of kilometer on my own with no one behind me and just feeling so comfortable and everything um it was weird i didn't uh, it felt just strange running into the the finish line knowing i was about to win and everything because there was such a good build-up for dairy and everything and um i was just complete underdog of you know i was the guy who was never gonna win sort of thing so um to win that it was just nervous coming into the finish line because I didn't know what was going to happen right. next sort of thing but uh no that was I loved that day um something I'll uh, remember for the rest of my life that is but uh and then in um Slanethly then uh yeah it was uh yeah I was in really good fitness it was like a couple of weeks after I ran my sub 14 in Armagh and uh I knew it was going to be tough because I had Kieran Lewis who was running well. Dewey obviously was back coming back to fitness. He was going well. So uh, I knew I had my work cut out, but uh, I knew I had to sort of make a move at about seven, seven-ish K to try and break away. And uh, it worked. So um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was another awesome day for me really. Not that times are hugely important over the, the country, but <clears throat> for the 10.1K in Swansea, you ran 30.35. Um, yeah. And for the 10.35K in, in 2020, you ran 31.58. So they weren't slow times though, over the country either. No, definitely not. Um, I do love cross-country. I've missed it uh, for the past year. We've missed a whole cross-country season. And um, yeah, I really miss it. I love it. I run really well. I just seem to glide over the mud somehow. I don't know how, but uh, yeah, I, I really, I really love it. Yeah, it's um, it's a challenge. I enjoy seeing uh, everyone else hurting in the mud, so it makes me feel better. So then I want to run faster to hurt them more. Then, so yeah. that's what I love about it. Anyway, um, in twenty twenty, you went on to finish fourth at the Inter Counties that year. Um, 
and then in 2018 the year you won it first time you went on to finish sixth I think at the inter-county yeah both times what are your memories from the inter-county champs and then the event and a fairly good one to be a part of I imagine yeah well um the first one I did when I was six that was uh that was another huge shock to me um it was just after I'd won the um Welsh Cross Country Championship so I knew I mentally I was you know very confident and everything um and I knew I had to back up my performance for winning in um Singleton Park as well so to come six there chasing down Andy Vernon was uh was really good um I still remember him just in the distance and uh closing him and then he'd pull away closing him pulling away but uh yeah that was that was awesome that sort of what made me think you know you you could do really well you could do you know good things here so um you know it's little another little milestone in my uh cross-country career really um and then when I come fourth last year, I, I really do love the, the course at uh, uh, Loughborough. So it's really tough. It's, it's, what is it? it's 12K, I think. And um, it's just uh, a really tough course. And um, I just love uh, just love the hills and everything in it. Um, but um, I can't think where I am now. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. So cross country certainly one that you will always have in in the diary for the, your winter months going forward. Yeah, I I absolutely love it. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, just getting in a good summer season now, and hopefully, uh, Liverpool's on the cards for uh, November, and and then hopefully, um, World Cross Country Champs in Loughborough if it is on next year well it was meant to be this year wasn't it so I'm not sure if they'll uh, put it to next year but uh, yeah big season ahead if it goes ahead um, but yeah really looking forward to it oh, great all right James do, um, do we all also like to think uh, or let our guests think back to um, well we look at the first entry in Power of Ten um, yeah. and yours is from 2007 as an under 13 and uh, yeah. it looks like you finished eighth in a cross country in Cardiff I think oh really I um yeah Do I can't remember much about that, that one. one no nothing um where, where was it does it say what there's a uh, Cardiff and Vale schools boys league oh. 6th of October uh yeah what you, position was I you came eighth eighth yeah um <clears throat> And then I, you know, I know, I know where it well. was. I know yeah. where it was, but um, I can't remember anything about that race really. Um, well, I, every time it was like a Cardiff and Vale schools sort of meet, it was always tough because all the good boys from South Wales area were there. So instead of running in the Bridgend County League, where I was either first or second, and then going there and coming eighth, it was a bit like, oh, I don't like going up there. I want to stay local in Bridgend. But um, <laughs> no, it was always good to test myself back then. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were running there as an, an under 13, was there someone who got you into the sport or was it just something that you gravitated <clears throat> towards yourself? Um, well, I still remember my first sort of cross country. I was, I was in year three, I was. Um, and the teacher handed out a leaflet in school saying cross country and uh I remember taking it over to my dad and giving it to him and he 
he was like, I was like, you know, what's cross country? It's like it's sort of like a skiing or something like that. <laughs> and um, oh, it turned out to be running somehow. Uh, when they just call it running, <laughs> but um, yeah, it went along. I finished twelfth. I still remember driving there and racing and everything. It's, it's strange, but um, yeah. yeah, absolutely loved that. It was twelfth, and then the second cross country, which was like two or three weeks later. End up coming um, second, so uh, then that's where it all sort of took off, and uh, yeah, here I am now. There you are. Yeah, absolutely, great. Okay, well, listen, listen, James, you like to uh, finish off with a few uh, quickfire questions, if that's okay with you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so nothing too serious, but um, we ask this of everyone: if you could go for a run with any athlete, and it doesn't have to be a runner necessarily, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, <clears throat> oh, that's a good question. That is, um, oh, I think it'll have to be Usain Bolt, I think. Okay, yeah, <laughs> he's just a cool guy, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I think it'd have to be Usain Bolt, I think. Sounds good. Um, if you could travel back in time to witness any sporting event, so which one would it be? Um, I think it was it'd be the first sub four minute mile. I think Roger Bannister. I think that'd be uh, that'd be really special to watch. That would. Yeah. Okay. Um, any sort of mile ambitions for yourself? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think I'd like to be able to run sub four minutes for a mile. Uh, I think yeah, I think I can do it. It's just um, a matter of uh, conditioning myself to be able to do it. Um, but yeah, I think I'd definitely like to have a go at that. Yeah, something Sounds in the pipeline, maybe a challenge for me. Sounds good. Um, if you could be a professional athlete in another sport aside from running, what sport would you choose? Uh, definitely choose motocross, I think. Um, yeah, uh, I love all the build-ups, the, uh, the races and everything. It's just a cool sport and I love it. So, um, yeah, it'd have to be motocross, I think. And do you do any of that yourself, sort of? As um, a, how much I, me and my dad used to do it. I used to have, um, I had a few bikes when I was younger and um, we used to go racing every weekend and uh, I used to love it. So, yeah, it's something we just watch really now after my dad's bike got stolen. So, uh, okay. But yeah, it's something I'd love I'd love to get back into maybe in the future. But um, the time being, injury-wise and everything, I've got to stay away from that. So Yeah, they probably don't go hand in hand, do they? No, definitely not. No. Okay. Um, do you listen to any particular type of music to get yourself up for a race or a tough <clears throat> session? Um, I'm quite mixed, really. I do love, like, sort of all the um, rap music and everything. Um but then I do love like sort of like uh, all the rock and roll music as well to get me pumped up. Um, but yes, yeah, mostly to be honest, uh, rap music I listen to um, UK and American then really. So yeah, Great. I love that sort of stuff. Uh, is there a go-to like post-race meal or anything that you like after a good uh, post post-race meal? Well, my pre-race uh, meal night before is always barbecue chicken pasta with grated cheese on top and broccoli so that's my uh pre-race meal uh post-race meal um 
I'm really not bothered, really. Um, pretty much anything. Uh, if maybe go out for food or something, but uh, probably be steak. I think a fillet steak. <laughs> Sounds good. And last one, and uh, most importantly for us, uh, when you're laying out your kit before a race, do you go for split shorts or half tights? Split shorts every time for me. Yeah. Um, I have contemplated wearing half tights, but uh, no, I love the split shorts. And um, yeah, I think uh, that's where my head feels most confident in. So yeah, split shorts every time for me. Perfect. Listen, James, thanks so much for giving up some of your time. We really yeah, appreciate no it. And we uh, wish you luck going forward for that sort of Commonwealth standards and uh, we'll keep a close eye on you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, James.